Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We missed you. We hope you're doing great. We are Ray and Tay, and this is Ray and Tay today. And I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up. We're all awake. No more uh, trip to fan with the turkey. It was a great time, but we got a lot to recap in college football and the NFL. But, Ray, we start off in the NBA. But first, let me give you the numbers to call. You know the topic. It's Kobe. 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails, your thoughts on just everything. Today at gmail.com. Check out rayandtaytoday.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes for old episodes, everything. We got you covered. Wow. It's finally hit us. It's come down. I, I, I call them like the, not the four horsemen, but the, the three stars that have shined for so long. We said goodbye to Jeter. Next is Kobe. And then I guess after that will be Peyton Manning. Kobe Bryant announced through the Players' Tribune, Derek Jeter's company, that he will retire at the end of the season. Ray, we've got so much football to talk about, but we've got to honor this man and his legacy Obviously, we know this year the stats are down. The shooting percentage, 31, what is it, 14 from three-point range, 15 points a game. He normally averages 25, 5, and 5. And this year, Kobe Bean Bryant is doing 15, basically 3 and 4. And the team's horrible, and it's not the same guy. So we knew. I think we all knew. But I think – it's going to be nice. It's not going to be like maybe Kareem for the whole season. He's already missed a couple of cities where they won't see him again. But for the rest of the schedule, and we're, you know, 20 games in, for the rest of the schedule, people can honor this great champion. And I want to ask you, one, your, your, most, your favorite Kobe moment, but two, Ray, the bigger question, and we've sort of already discussed it, where do you rank him? Obviously, he's the second-best shooting guard. But do you have him in the top ten? And if so, where? Wow. So those are loaded questions. To me, Kobe Bryant came on the scene at the perfect time. He was able to be a little bit under the radar, even coming from Philadelphia. You know, Michael was – about to win his three in a row, his second three-peat. Allen Iverson was the man in Philly. Kobe, it was it was perfect. It was perfect for Kobe. It, it, it was like a Cinderella story, right? The guy was drafted 13th and was traded for Vlade Divac. So he could have ended up, could you imagine if he was a Charlotte Hornet? How his career yeah. would have been different? But Jerry Rust saw the talent, brought him over, traded him, Brought in Shaq as a free agent from Orlando, and the rest is history. It took them a few years to hit their stride, and then Phil Jackson had to come over. Remember uh, 
Kurt Rambis tried to coach the team. Magic tried to coach the team. But ultimately, Phil Jackson. So my my memory of Kobe. Don't forget Del Harris, Ray. Don't Del forget Harris Del Harris won 60 games with that team. I, I remember Del. Del's a smooth operator. But you know what? I don't know that I have a singular Kobe moment, like Michael Jordan hitting that shot over Byron Russell, something like that. I just. It was just consistent excellence. Just every night. Every night bringing it on offense, bringing it on defense, and just no weaknesses. You know, Michael couldn't shoot in the beginning of his career, got much better. Magic couldn't shoot in the beginning of his career, got better. Jason Kidd couldn't shoot in the beginning. All these guys improved. I felt like all Kobe did was, was mature. I mean, his game was was perfection. You know what I mean? The guy doesn't have a weakness in his game, and he's just he's just unbelievable. Now, in terms of where he ranks, you know, it's probably a little too soon. I mean, he's got one contemporary uh, in Tim Duncan that, you know, if Timmy wins his sixth, you know, does that affect maybe uh, five championships and really being the dominant force in the NBA in the second half of his career? You know, the first half Could of his career. Could have had some more had, MVPs. Let's be honest. Should have won more MVPs, absolutely. Um, But this guy's top ten for sure. He's probably not top five, but he sits somewhere in that six to ten range, and that's phenomenal. I mean, you're splitting hairs. You know, we're talking about Oscar Robertson, Magic. Can I tell you this though? If you look at the stats from that oh four oh five season. Basically, you know, if you want to go up to 08, 09, or even up to the championship season, he was without doubt the just the, the sensei of the NBA. And every year it was anywhere from 26 to 35 points a game with anywhere from five and five on their system rebounds or at the lowest point, four and six. I mean, it was insane what this guy was doing. And you know, for me, I say, yeah, he's top 10. You know, obviously, we talk about the big three centers, Russell, Kareem, Chamberlain, throwing Shaq four. You know, I'm not saying any order, but Magic and Jordan, that's five guys. Uh, Duncan, LeBron, Kobe, Oscar, you know, and, and if, you know, whoever else you throw in to make 10. But that's, to me, he's in that without a doubt. He's in that top 10. Whether it's seven to nine or a ten, he's there. But remember with Kobe, some might say Shaq, you know, if you want to be the naysayers or the haters today, would say Shaq carried him for the first two rings. And then, you know, he played horribly in game seven against the Lakers and, and Gasol. You know, he shot, what, six for 24 or whatever. And Gasol got the game for him. But look, look, let's not kid yourself. Even with Shaq, Kobe was still the dominant defender and would lock up the perimeter. And Kobe would get you assists. He'd get you the right steal, a clutch block. Kobe played both ends just as well as Jordan in terms of the energy and tenacity. He might, you know, there's, some would debate if he was his clutch, but, oh, we saw the clutchness. And don't forget the 81 points. I mean, we've seen such things from Kobe. Those Raptor fans know how good he is. That's Cobias, the, the 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 assassin. So eighty one. Can you imagine in the wow. modern era? This is not Will Chamberlain that was just yeah. bigger and faster and stronger than everybody. Amazing. And from a guard, it's so much harder, right? You know, that that's what's so I, I remember so much, like you said, and also you remember the all star games. Kobe 
you know, he had a, a way of sort of being the star of stars when he wanted to. Kobe, you know, he had that ego and that swag. Some say he copied Jordan to the T. But look, when the people said it was going to be Grant Hill or Vince Carter or McGrady and this and that, the only one that sort of stood, you know, amongst the fray to sort of copy or emulate or come even close to Jordan's footprints was Kobe, the man himself. So for that, we say thank you. It's hard to see this season, but he knows it's time. He said he doesn't obsess about basketball or daydream about it anymore like he used to. So he knows he's got to go. And you know what? 20 Thank seasons of good work. Ah, he will be missed, Ray. So, hey, real quick, sticking with the NBA before we get to the, the football. It's a football-heavy show. couple things. Jaleel Okafor, yikes. You know, um, we hope that he – you know, keeps it safe, 106 on the Ben Franklin Bridge and arguing with a fan, you know, he's showing some signs of maturity and all the losing, 0-18, and, and, you know, it's hard coming from a championship. But then the spectrum of Steph Curry and the boys, 18-0, and 0, these streaks are still going. How long could they last? Or could we see the Warriors actually lose tonight in Utah? Utah is the sixth seed in the West playing really good basketball at home. Is this the night where the Warriors finally go down, or do they just keep winning? I think they keep winning. I mean, look, they can lose at any point, right? At any point, the jumpers don't fall. They get a little frustrated. They get a little happy. You know, 18-0, and 19-0, 20-0, 21-0. I mean, at a certain point, they're going to lose. So any night could be the night. And the Sixers, I look at that roster, and I'm thinking to myself, this is barely an NBA roster. And they really have to bring in three NBA players to be a legitimate NBA team. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Maybe this yeah. KMB comes back. Maybe Noel develops. But they really need a free agent or two and another draft pick in the backcourt because this team's terrible. Well, they have some money, so they're going to have to spend it, and hopefully Sarek and, and B can contribute. But, you know, they might need to actually make some trades and move some pieces. You're right. It's, it's very awkward, and then it's all about sort of uh, size. They have so much size and not enough, you know, skill. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's one of those things where maybe they need to be not penalized, but they've got to start trying. And, you know, the Sarek cap does say you have to spend a – a maximum, I mean a minimum. And I think with the cap going up, they're going to have to spend some more money next season. So let's see what they do and let's see what their rookies and sophomores and third year guys can develop. You know, let's, let's, let's see what happens. Anything else before we say goodbye to the NBA, because it's definitely football time. Are you feeling the Pacers at the number two seed right now? Give them credit. Paul George is back playing great basketball, 11 and five. Miami Heat's three, the Bulls four. In the West, you know, look, it's it's the classic situation, right? In the West, Warriors, Spurs, and OKC. You might be a little bit disappointed in the Clippers, but it's still early, right? It is, and you know what? It's all about how you're playing. In, I hate to say it, too, because, you know, we love the NBA regular season, but it's really all about March into April, especially in that Western Conference, where they're all, at this point, except for a team like Utah or, or a Minnesota, they've all been there. They've all done it. So at this point, it's really about the matchups 
and how you're playing in April and May and then June. So just don't get hurt. Just, you know, get your groove, get your team set, get your rotations right, and then let it roll in April. But are you surprised, like with the Houston Rockets, 7-10, and 10, a coach fired that we already spoke to. I am. I, I, I'm, I am surprised with the Houston Rockets. You know, I thought okay. coming yeah. in second, that's the one team that, that's surprising and disappointing in the West. You know, because Golden State, look, I never knew they'd be this good. San Antonio, well, and the Pelicans, okay. The Pelicans, too, but they're hurt. But 4-13. Predictable, and yeah. The four Thunder, and fine. Dallas is overachieving. Memphis is underachieving, you could argue. Utah's overachieving, Clippers are underachieving, Phoenix Suns are always a borderline team. So the real surprise is, yeah, the Houston Rockets at 7-10, and 10, the Pelicans at 4-13, and 13, even with their injuries, they shouldn't be that bad. They have more talent than that, uh, as displayed when they beat San Antonio, but then they'll go out and lose to, you know, sub-500 teams. So, you know, it, it's um, – it's amazing. That West, though, you don't get a break. You really don't. And you know no, what? You we need to start giving the East a little more credit. No, They're not as East, good wait, as the West, I'm, but the East is, is decent. No, no, They've got some good teams. Ray, Ray, you said it. The West, right? But right now, honestly, in terms of depth, the East is playing just as well, if not better. And let's give some props to my 9-8 and eight Orlando Magic. You know I love that team with Victor O, Peyton, Vuvacek, who was my guy from last year, Tobias Harris, your guy. This team is really putting together a nice little. They brought Oladipo you know, off the bench. Is that their new thing? Well, last night Fournier, Fournier is really opens it up with the shooting. I think Oladipo is the starting two. They'll figure it out. And you know, look, our Knicks are hanging in there. They won four and then lost four, eight and ten. They're playing better than a lot of people thought. Um, we'll see how it works out. So, look, that's the NBA. We'll get back into it. It's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun to talk Kobe and stuff. But after Thanksgiving and what we went through this week, it's definitely time. You are now listening to NFL Talk. I guess it's sort of, you know, old news, but to sum up the turkey, I would say, Cam, you stand alone, you and your defense around Rivera, the Eagles, oh my goodness gracious, what what could happen and you could still win. The Packers on Brett Favre, Brett Favre night, nostalgic, beautiful, but there are some issues and some pointing fingers, Devontae Adams and guys not trying hard. And the Lions and Bears are showing that they are NFL franchises and they're playing with some heart. That's Tay's look. You know what my look is? That the NFL is wide open, especially <laughs> given that, you know, what we saw on sun- last night, we'll get to it later, but uh, with the Patriots losing – and an unexpected Carolina team being the only undefeated team in the NFL, this is one of those seasons where you just need to get in. And that's why the teams at, you know, 5th, 6th, 7th in the conference, 8th in the conference, in either the AFC or the NFC, are licking their chops. Because, you know what? It's like March Madness. 
You just got to get in the playoffs because nobody is dominant. Everybody your, can be taken down. Your seed doesn't matter? Is that what you're telling me? Your seed your doesn't, doesn't matter? You know what? It doesn't matter. The Patriots are not as dominant as they used to be. Carolina, I don't know if they really have a home field advantage. I mean, they got they got a great team, but I don't, I don't know that you can't go to Carolina and win. Green Bay's shown some chinks in the armor. They're not such a great place to play. Seattle, which used to have a great home field advantage. So this season is totally wide open. Just get in. In. Wouldn't be surprised well, if a wild card team won the, won the Super Bowl. It's funny that you say that. And listen, we've had plenty of years in history where wild card teams have done it. I know my Steelers did it. But let's let's talk about that, and we'll work our way backwards. I I think you know I predicted Denver, but I think with the Gronk injury, some weird calls in the game. But I think Brock is ready to start his own and new era. And I don't know if Manning will get healthy and come back, and maybe he will, and maybe you have him in the playoffs. But I think with the fact that he can go under center and he can run the bootlegs and play action pass and throw off of it and and move around, he makes the team just that little bit more threatening and dynamic. And also, the kid's got a nice little arm, threw some nice balls to Sanders and Thomas on the game-winning drive, and then, you know, same thing in overtime. And when if CJ and Hillman can get going, listen, this Denver team, why not us? Because that defense is only going to get better as guys start to come back. So good win for them. Gronk might miss a week or two. And Medola will be back. Edelman might be back week 17 or the first, you know, the first game if they get the bye. I think the Patriots will be fine. But now it's going to be White, Blunt, Chandler, LaFell. They cut the kid, Chris Harper, who fumbled the uh, – kickoff thing or the punt return or whatever he got cut today the Patriots don't play that you know that and you know this is hard Brady Brady and Belichick look depressed because you can't lose Gronk so we'll see how it goes but I especially after you've lost Edelman and and Amendola and you're losing people on on defense with Hightower going down and Mayo is banged up Nate Solder, I mean, how many guys can they actually lose? But you know what? They're not the only team. Everybody is really going through it this year. You know, it seems like, I don't know, it's weird, right? You talk about the NBA with Golden State Warriors health, and last year the NBA playoffs, so many guys injured. But the last year or two in NFL, we've had a lot of, you know, weird things, off-the-field things with guys out, like Peterson and Hardy and all this other stuff, but then weird injuries as well. And go segueing perfectly to the four o'clock games, only two of them, but not much to say about the Cardinals except their injuries. We'll get to that. But the Seahawks beat the Steelers in one of the more entertaining games of the weekend, 39-30. Ben gets a record against the Seahawks, 456. Your boy Russell gets a record or ties, I guess. I don't know if he tied Warren Moon or broke him, but five touchdowns for Russell Wilson. And then as you see him starting to connect with Jimmy Graham, four for 75, and Jimmy gets hurt and he's tore the patella tendon. He's done for this season and partially the beginning of next season. That's how bad the injury is going to wind up being, Ray. How do you feel Seattle going forward can be, and especially they're looking at chops, they got to say, we got to beat Minnesota this weekend. Yeah, you know, you know, the Jimmy Graham injury really hurts because 
Had he not had gotten he not hurt, hurt, I'd say I'd watch out NFC because yeah. I could see Seattle going to the third straight Super Bowl. They yeah. figured out the running back situation. If Marshawn Lynch comes back, that's great. And if not, Lou Rawls, a step cousin, Thomas <laughs> Rawls can Thomas play. You'll never find. <laughs> <laughs> and Russell Wilson does just enough that D, I think, is going to look at that first half of the season, be a little disappointed, and then make a push towards the playoffs. But losing Jimmy Graham, I think. But you can pass on left. them, Ray. You watching um, that? You can. The Legion Down of Boom is not what it used to be. Yeah, and so I do believe that in order to score, Seattle's not going to win any games 20-17, to 17, right? They're going to be giving up in the 20s, so that means they have to score in the 20s. So that means, in, you know, against a good defense in the playoffs, if they make it, right, they need to score 24, 26, 28, 30. So you need Jimmy Graham to open that up a little bit. Uh, right. So I'm, I, I'm a little bit down now on Seattle, whereas during that game, I, I saw I saw signs. But like I said, this, this year is wide open. This year is well, wide let's, open. Let's, let's keep it moving. Are you concerned now about the Cardinals who, look, you have a dud game. You, get, you do that on the road after two big Sunday night wins. That's okay because they won the game. What's not okay are the injuries. And when you lose Ellington and Chris Johnson, look, Chris Johnson has been almost their MVP this season. The guy has been amazing. And now you're going to rely on a rookie to basically carry the load. Now maybe Stephen Taylor from Stanford steps up and becomes a hero to most, but you're really relying on David Johnson and Stephen Taylor to help carry you probably the rest of the season into the playoffs. I wonder how much that will hurt them, and then they got to get you know all their receivers. But that kid JJ Nelson, the speedster, he's nasty. Cardinals, they're explosive still. I, I really believe that because they're coaching and Palmer's still got the arm. They're going to be dangerous. They are, but you know what? I don't see them going very far in the playoffs. Something about that team doesn't, to me, strike fear. I don't really think that they have a home field advantage, so people can come into Arizona and beat them. So. To me, they'll be in the playoffs, but I, I'm not putting down big money in Vegas. Ah, uh, you're a hater. Everybody in Arizona Cardinals. Listen, they're starting hate mail for Ray out here, man. You better no, watch it. No, no, don't hate. Don't hate. It. Just call hey, it like you Red see Bird, it. The Red Bird Gang. I heard some of the Red Bird Gang. They were like, yo, what's up with that guy Ray from Ray and Tate today? Well, let's go back to the East in, in the early games. Big win for the Jets. The Dolphins are a mess. We can just put them in the uh, in the in the furnace. Tannehill's not not what he you know look. Guys called him out before the season getting the contract and they were right. He hasn't stepped up. He wants to talk smack to Calvin Pryor. It's like hey, don't throw the ball, you know where where the guy gets annihilated. I think Marshall and Ivory and Decker with Fitzpatrick not turning it over in the Jets defense and Todd Bowles. This team is sneaky good, and I think they're going to wind up grabbing one of those wild card spots. You got to watch out for the Jets the rest of the season, right? I agree. I don't think they're going to run away and be. You know, they're six and five now. So, you know, what do they end up nine and seven, ten and six? Ten and six maybe. would be good. I have to look at their schedule, but uh, maybe nine and seven. You're right. They're they're a team. It's funny because with their savviness. 
Is that a word? Savviness? Uh, they're, they're a team. Well, it's a word on Tate in any event. They're a team that you're right. They can give you problems because Fitzpatrick, when he doesn't turn it over, can make plays. And lining up against Marshall and Decker is difficult enough. And I got to tell you, Christopher, a.k.a. Chris Ivory, is one of the most underrated offensive players in the league. I mean, I this guy can really do big Remember? things. Yeah, yeah, no, you said it. They can do big things, and they still have decent offensive line play. And, and guess which rookie and, just woke up? Devin Smith got a touchdown. I, I like that. that. And it wasn't even a bomb. It was a nice little, you know, uh, red zone. What is it, like a 17-yarder? It we get him going. Eight. Watch out. Just run. Yeah. So uh, you're right. Sneaky good. I like that. And I agree. Let me ask you this. It was obvious Cincinnati dominated St. Louis. And, you know, you almost feel bad for Gurley because he's so talented. But they're talking about Kroenke, that he could maybe go to Denver or London if he can't get into L.A., if they take San Diego and the Raiders. But I'm, I'm at the point now where I think Fisher, Foles, Keenum, they might all need to go. I, I love – look, we give Jeff Fisher a lot of respect. He got to Super Bowl with Tennessee – but this guy's had, like, a lot of cachet and a lot of uh, credit in the bank. And I don't know he's if Mike he's Shanahan. Shanahan. You call him Mike Shanahan? Yeah, Shanahan won. Okay. I, you know, Shanahan got rings. This guy close. I know, but that was it. You know, like, Andy Reid came close. But Fisher has not consistently won as much as Andy Reid. Fisher got there once, and he had two or three seasons where they were in the, you know, Divisional round in Tennessee. He's done nothing with the Rams. Now, I know he had a lot to rebuild, but I don't know, Ray. This is, uh, they got a lot of draft picks from the Redskins, and they doesn't seem like they've done much with it. They've built a great defense, but offensively, he's made a and lot even of. Even that great defense, they gave up 31 to the Bengals. And I know. That great defense doesn't not... consistently play great. So Right. That's so great. I, you know, and I actually was a fan of Nick Foles, but I've kind of soured on him told, a little bit. I, I told you about Three Nick. interceptions, and, and, and maybe give Brian Kelly, or sorry, Chip Kelly, credit for calling it as he saw it. And he was oh. like, this guy's not my guy. I'd rather no, have Sam not. Bradford. So, he's a backup quarterback. I'll he's say good. this, though. He's good, though. I, first thing you do is get rid of the GM, because this roster's been terrible. Yeah. Offensively, in particular, they haven't been any good in uh, in close to a decade. You know, since and since that greatest show on turf, this team's been terrible. And yeah. I'm talking not, not so great on the draft. Are you no, feeling no. that the Bengals got their mojo back? Yes, I said. I told you, don't worry about the Bengals, man. The Bengals yeah, will be no, no. fine. The Bengals will be fine. Yeah. And now, especially with Denver a little bit in flux with Manning, and then. Don't let New England lose another game because quite a year for the Bengals go to Super Bowl. Cincinnati, Cincinnati in the might Super Bowl. Be, yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, wait, wait. Both of those. Can I turn? Can I turn your stomach for CBS Sports and their ratings? Why Phil Cincinnati goes to the? No, no, no. Phil the, and Jim Nance are announcing Super Bowl Fifty with the Panthers and the Bengals. Oh. oh. No. That's a hard ticket to sell. I'm sorry. That really is. When was the last time you had two teams that had no sex appeal? Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, you might have one, but to have two? No, the you're, NFL you're, would be you're like that. Oh that's, 
You know, the only thing you could do there is That's try to the create. That's the Chicago like, White Sox. Remember that Chicago White Sox <laughs> Houston Astros uh, yeah. World Series? That's one of those where both. Uh, oh God, the network. That'd be tough, right? That, that's a themselves. tough one. Somebody, somebody might be making some calls up the corporate and be like, uh, "Let's, they'd let's have talk to, to the rest of yeah, they'd have to so, pump up Cam Newton. <laughs> oh, well, but but I was going to say the marketing would be the hero against the villain. Cam is the villain, and the hero is Andy Dalton. That's what they would do. That's the only thing they have, the only storyline. But let's 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 go to the rest of the games. Minnesota, big win. I think I think Adrian Peterson is feeling himself, and this is when when other guys get softer and tired. This is when AP gets strong, and. Look, the kid Tevin Campbell ran well, got over 100 yards, but another turnover, the fumble. Tevin Coleman, homie, Tevin Campbell, that's our Tevin, guy, but not Tevin, Tevin, yeah, Tevin Coleman. Coleman. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about you know the, the young kid he used to sing with Prince. But let me ask you this. Isn't it time that we stop building up Matt Ryan? He is not. He is not. He's not the best quarterback in the NFC South. He's not top 10. He is so overrated. I'm sorry. I'm calling it out. Let's wow. be honest. Let's be, it's See, time I, to I be honest. I told you this team was overrated. When they were 6-0, I may have been right, the only one it's got to go back to up. Matt Ryan, though, right? 10 you, points? Hey, you, you're right. You're right. And he's got a legitimate – now, he got hurt, but he, has a, he had a legitimate MVP candidate in Devontae Coleman with him. And – Devontae Freeman, sorry. And, you know, a receiving core with Roddy White, Jacob Tammy, and, of course, Julio Jones. So you can't say he doesn't have talent at the school position. And and Hankerson as a number three, number four option. You're right. You're right. A lot of this has to fall on Matt Ryan. And you know what? Two, three years ago when they were scoring a lot of points, they kind of pointed at the defense. Mike Smith's a defensive guy. And he inherited a defensive, uh, you know, another defensive coach. I think Dan You're Quinn's right. done a good job. With the talent that this roster truly has, Quinn's done a good job. I just think that they, it was smoke and mirrors, like you said, with their start. But this is really where we thought they would be at, right? I mean, if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah, I thought they'd be a sub-500 team. I so mean, Quinn's, this- done, Quinn's done a great job. Let's get to these Texans, man. Drew Brees and the Saints. Look, you fire Rob Ryan. That didn't matter. Six points, though. Right now, we got to admit, the Texans, they found what they needed. Their defense is going to travel. It's been awesome the last few weeks. Shutting down the Jets, the Bengals, now the Saints. 24-6. I actually got to say, this team is starting to get scary, man. Uh, Hoyer, it seems like Alfred Blue starting to run it. They're getting it to, you know, the Hopkins and Nate Washington, little Cecil Shorts. The Texans could be a little bit dangerous, and they're very much alive for the playoffs. Good for them, man. You know what? When you're looking at that AFC South and you say to yourself, (laughs) all we have to really do, because Jacksonville and Tennessee aren't doing anything, so all we really have to do is an Indianapolis team that – they're having some major identity crises at you know at the quarterback position on offense on defense, but not only that the AFC has come back to you because at six and five, if for some reason the Colts get it together and you don't win that division, you still, still have the a card, very huh? legitimate chance at the wild card because right now six and five is the wild card because it's the Jets, the Steelers, 
and the Texans. Colts loser are all six and five. Three of those teams fighting for two spots. Yeah. So and throw in the Chiefs and Bills. The Chiefs are the head of the, head of the pack, but yeah. you're right. But wait, wait, don't diss the Colts because my man at forty, Matthew Hasselbeck, ah. is no joke, and he still is with Cam Newton as the only undefeated quarterback in the NFL. Give him props. He's 4-0 now. Um, I'm pretty impressed. You know, look, he got T.Y. Hilton involved. Bradshaw's been running a little bit. Good for him after, you know, you thought his career was over with the injuries. They kind of frustrated, uh, you know, a hot quarterback and a hot team in Tampa and Jameis. And I thought that was a good home win. I thought the Colts could easily lose this game. It fought ugly. It was close, or, or you know, most of the game, and then they pulled away. So good, you know. You got to get the W's, and so that was a good one for them. Yeah, and you know what, Matt Hasselbeck is the perfect backup. I mean, the guy's been a star. He's been an All Pro. He runs that West Coast offense. He knows how to run it, which is the exact offense that you need if your offensive line is terrible and you got an old quarterback that doesn't want to get hit. You know what I mean? It's not, it's the opposite of Andrew Luck, but it's exactly what they what they need to to survive and to have Hasselback thrive. So good for him. And but you know what? Go let ahead. me ask you: Don't you believe that maybe they need to run some of that with Luck so he doesn't get killed and make all the mistakes? I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I agree that Frank Gore and Ahmad Bradshaw they need to take some of the load off and then. Like we've seen Jay Cutler get hammered. Like we've seen other coach, uh, other players, quarterbacks get hammered with those long, deep in routes and and those five and seven step drops. It's too At much. At least mix it up. At least mix it up thirty percent of the time. I mean, especially with the sitting... speed they have, you could get it quick out and let these guys get the yak yards. When you've yeah, got Ty Hilton, Hilton is great after the catch. Oh. Dante Moncrief's a nice big target. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, um, Andre Johnson can help you move the chains. Yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. Let Get get these guys the ball in space and let them do their thing. It's, it's one of those things where you hope they figure it out soon um, because they – I'd hate to see Chuck get fired. I think he's a, a good coach, and I think the GM needs to go. And to me, I, I would be really upset with all this going down this year if they got rid of Chuck Vogano, who I think has been a really good coach. How about the Kansas City Chiefs? Speaking of great coaches and Andy Reid, five in a row. I know Ray was writing them off. I told him, you know, you've got to still believe. And now Alex Smith is finally throwing it down the field to Kelsey and Macklin. And Macklin's paying off. Chip Kelly's shooting himself in the head and foot in the mouth for getting not paying a kid enough money. He only wanted a million or two more. They should have just paid him instead of playing with him. And they handled the Bills in a tough game because the Bills are no easy win. Uh, you know, Shady McCoy and Watkins was kill- – I don't know if you saw the first half. Watkins was killing the, the Chiefs secondary. But Spencer Ware, the third-string running back, Spencer Ware, the fantasy darling for Tay – is uh, he's doing hip-hop. He was very impressive. Justin Houston's going to be okay with the injury. Couldn't miss only a week, if that. So he'll be fine. How uh, how do you feel about Andy Reid's Chiefs right now? We talked about this off-air. Ron Rivera's going to win Coach of the Year. But 
probably second needs to be Andy Reid. I mean, yeah. this dude, especially in the second half of the season, you know, if you lose Jamal Charles, I certainly didn't expect much of them with Jamal Charles. And then losing Jamal Charles, he is definitely an, an, an – Jeremy Macklin's been in and out, and now he's down to his third string running back. And, you know, they they got rid of Dwayne Bowe, and, and they really had some instability. But Kelsey stepped up. Um, Alex Smith is still their quarterback, though. And you know me, I've never been a, a huge Alex Smith fan. So I tell you what, this Kansas City team, now that's a home field. They they probably won't have uh-huh. a home field game, but that's a home field. So they have an advantage every time they play at Arrowhead. And this team is a legitimate AFC. But well, you don't want to play them. Play Even if you, you don't. Because think of it like this, right? They can run the ball. They've got a weird offensive set where they can do two tight ends and Macklin and, you know, uh, DeAnthony Thomas and all these weird, talented, you know, guys. And Andy Reid's so creative. They are definitely, and with that secondary uh, Marcus Peters at corner and Eric Berry, and then you got Tom Ali and Justin Houston. That defense, Derek Johnson's back and linebacker. That is a team that is really dangerous. They could go easily to Indianapolis or Houston or Cincinnati or Denver, and if they need to, they could get a W. You got to watch that team, and they've shown that they can actually score where you think some teams can't put up points. Kansas City, they've, they've put up over 30 a couple of times this year when you least expected it, you know what I mean? You're absolutely right. And like I said, this this season is wide open. And you know what? Six and five right now, you're in the playoffs, or at least you're, you're, you're tied for that wild card. So good for Kansas City, man. I mean, hey, they, they're they're blowing me away. So, look, the Raiders get a win that they needed to keep their playoff hopes alive. Not that impressive over Tennessee. And really, we kind of just end everything with the Giants and the Redskins. And overall, look, Romo, they put up a dud on Thanksgiving, and then he's done for the season. The Giants, you know, what the Eagles did. And then the Giants-Redskins, it was the weirdest game and just the NFC East is so bizarre this season. You, you're starting to feel as if nobody wants to win the NFC East. Nobody <laughs> but nobody. There's no consistency. But I will say this. I'm starting to believe in Captain Kirk. He is winning me over. And Gruden is winning me over. And... They're starting to sprinkle back in the big back in Morris. They're finding Jordan Reed. Deshaun Jackson's opening up the field. Him and Pierre and, 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 and Andre Roberts. You're starting to see all their talent. And their defense is kind of, they hit hard. They, they try hard. They got the Murphy kid from Stanford. This team is really, and then on the flip side, you look at the Giants and you're like, why aren't you winning? Odell Beckham is just constantly saving this team, making the most heroic catches that you could ever see anywhere. And it's amazing. I mean, that one-hand catch, that's like number two after the first one in the touchdown. But Eli, again, first interception wasn't his fault, but then he's got three for the game. So tell me, 
is Washington really in first place or am I reading the wrong newspapers and websites everywhere? <laughs> at five and six, your Washington Redskins, who are five and one at home, are in fact leading the division. Well, and that's that's the storyline, right? When Cousins has to go on the road, he's a different guy, and he's got three out of the next five games remaining are on the road. So that means Philly is still alive, <laughs> if you want to keep it real. Yep, everybody but Dallas is still alive. And you know what? The Giants are, are, are just forever going to kill me and going to kill their fans. And, you know, Eli Manning is the reluctant Hall of Famer. You know, this guy, this is a year where you would think the veteran, and it's not all his fault, but I'll, I'll, I'll say, look, if you're the quarterback of this team, you say, look, everybody is handing us this division. And the Cowboys faltered when Bryant Roma went down. The Eagles have never really gotten their offense together. Chip Kelly may be out of a job at the end of the year. The Redskins, had we beaten the Redskins, we would have been up two games on them. And it, it's just it's just there to be had. And they're 5-6 and six and struggling. And if they don't make the playoffs, you know, this Jekyll and Hyde team that the Giants have been ever since 2007, 2006, even when you know before the Super Bowl season with Tiki uh, Barber as their as their lead back, it just kills me. So uh, Giant fans out there, they just they must just be pulling their ha- hair out. But they control their own destiny. They're five and six, and they can still win the division. Doesn't that sound weird? I mean, even as you say it, like it just it just yeah, all especially sounds... because. When was the last time the NFC East was this bad, that all the teams were this bad? I mean, you could have one or two teams, you know, up on their luck, down on their luck, but all four teams are really just terrible this year. Yeah, no, it's something. So we got to do Monday night, and we got to do Thursday. Tonight, this is this is sad to see NFC North football with such – depressing teams. The injuries have been all over. Manziel couldn't even handle the success of being named the starting quarterback. Now he's active tonight as the number three. The franchise, every draft choice they've made has basically just been just a bust, except for Joe Thomas. Um, and this kid, I guess, I don't know if they drafted him, Gary Barnage, a tight end, is a you know, smiling thing that you can think about in Duke Johnson for this season. But, you know, when you look at this game, the one storyline that really pulls me in is everybody for fantasy is like, hey, can Buck Allen get me some stats? And then the feel-good story is Matt Schaub. He's had 10 passes in two seasons. He gets his chance again to still prove that I can maybe be one of the 32 in the NFL. I could probably take the job in St. Louis or whatever. And tonight and the rest of this season, replacing Flacco, this is his audition. So I wish him well, and I root for the Ravens, even though I hate the Ravens as a Steeler fan. But I can't root for the Browns because of the ineptitude of the organization. I just get disappointed in Johnny. Um, you know, you, you like McCown. I like Travis Benjamin and Duke Johnson. But I have to root for Matt Schaub because I just think that he's a good guy and he's something to root for in this game, and C.J. Mosley is just the best young All right, well, I hear what you're rooting for, but what are you predicting? Ah, 
How about this? Oh, it's so yucky. How about 20 to 16 Ravens win? And I'll say Schaub throws for 250, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He gets the game ball for the Ravens. Wow. You're having a Schaub flashback to 2010. Yeah, okay. he goes to Crockett Gilmore and, and, uh, and Kamar Aiken. How about that for you? <laughs> I think <laughs> you just said why the Browns are going to win because – when you're going to Crockett and Kamar, <laughs> I'm not sure you're ready for prime time. You, you, you didn't think my heart was behind that one, huh? No. No, no. And I'm going to say that, you know what? Cleveland's going to take their frustrations out. And I'm not saying they're a good team, but I'm saying that, you know, at 2-8, and eight, they, they, they want to show people that they can play. And they're at home. And Matt Schaub has not quite had enough snaps under center under that, you know, replacing Joe Flacco. So I think the Cleveland Browns take care of business. I think they win a big game. I, you know, Baltimore, even though they've been in a, in a lot of games, they just somehow have lost their fight during parts of the game. So mm-hmm. I'd like this Browns team to, to at least this week – take care of business. You know, their their issue has been scoring points and scoring touchdowns. They've been moving the ball okay. Um, They can't run, though. That's the problem. They've been passing the ball decently. They're not great running the ball. Their defense has been, you know, for the talent and for what we thought, thought we thought they'd be much better. The problem is this Ravens team won't be able to exploit them. So I like the Cleveland Browns at home 26 to 17 in a sloppy game, but you know what? They're going to take care of business, and I like my boy Duke Johnson. I think he'll just get involved in the passing game. I think he'll have close to 100 yards receiving out of the backfield and a touchdown and maybe 30, 40 yards running the ball, and I think Cleveland wins pretty easily. We go to Thursday, Ford Field, a lot of changes this season for the Lions. They went to Green Bay and Lambeau Field and beat the Packers. I don't trust the Packers right now. And the way the Lions are playing football, I'm going to go for the upset. I, I like the way that they're starting to get Joy Bell, Theo Reddick, and, and Abdullah, the three-headed monster. The tight ends are playing better. <clears throat> Tate and Megatron are doing some things. And the Packers right now, Lacey played better, but – I just I don't trust their their offense, the line, the receivers, Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe the feeling in the fingers is just the cold weather, or is it something that will last longer? Did he get a stinger? But he hasn't been his sharpest either. And I think the Lions at home and the crowd and the hypeness of it all, they'll do enough to actually pull one out. 27, 26. How about those Detroit Lions? Coach Caldwell gets a huge win. Sweeps the Packers. The Packers go in a tailspin. And the Lions player of the game is Matthew Stafford. Three touchdowns, 305 yards, no picks. Go, Lions. Go! I love your enthusiasm. (laughs) And if I was a Detroit Lions fan, I'd be fired up to have... In my corner, getting all kinds of hyped up. However, (laughs) this Detroit Lion team, 
the Packers know them. They know what they're all about. Something's wrong with Calvin Johnson. I just feel as if, well, he did have a great game on Thanksgiving. Wait, 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 like, wait, wait. Slow your roll. I just Please. feel like between he and and Matt Stafford, that magical combination, you know, for five years, you know, this year has been has been inconsistent. And I don't know if it's age. I don't know if they're losing. I don't know what's going on. But this team hasn't consistently run the ball. They've been frustrating to watch, the Lions. We expected more out of them. And you know what? Green Bay, I think, is going to right the ship. I think they're ready to make that run for the playoffs. Their defense has been consistently good, not great. They couldn't stop the run last year. They've done a better job plugging the hole. The problem has been the offense. You know, maybe, maybe... Uh, your boy Aaron Rodgers doesn't take enough chances. He doesn't throw many interceptions, but maybe he needs to throw more. I mean, doesn't need to throw more interceptions, you know what I mean? But he needs to force the issue a little bit because his receivers can't get open. And he right. is definitely struggling to to move the crowd and to put up points, unlike in previous years. So I like them to right the ship, though. I think that Eddie Lacy and James Starks are going to get it together, which then frees up your boy Aaron Rodgers to throw five touchdowns to five different receivers, and they win 35-23 and get back on track. Let's jump right into college football. Tomorrow night is the second-to-last Tuesday rankings we have. We're going into championship week. Then we'll have one more week. We basically just have the Army-Navy game, and then next Tuesday the rankings. We'll find out who's playing where. All the top five teams won. The AP basically kept it, you know, exactly how it was. We'll see what they do tomorrow night. Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma, Iowa, Michigan State. The changes, obviously they come in. Ohio State, we'll talk about that in the big win over Michigan. Stanford at seven, big win over Notre Dame, great game. North Carolina, huge win, move all the way up to number eight. That's interesting. They have a shot to maybe, we'll see if they shot Clemson in the ACC title game. Nine, Notre Dame, they don't have any more shots after that loss to Stanford. Great season. They'll be in one of the New Year's Day six bowls. We'll be interested to see that. They're, those are going to be great games. And Florida State took care of Florida so they have no shot, um, and Florida will play Bama in the SEC title game, Florida State. They'll just maybe have another top ten season. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> it's really simple. It's Iowa-Michigan winner is probably going to be the fourth seed. Is there any way that – and Oklahoma's done. They're in the stable at three probably. Is there any way that if Clemson or Alabama loses – to Florida or to North Carolina, that one of those teams could drop out and either Ohio State, Stanford, or North Carolina could jump in. So these are good scenarios. Um, If Alabama loses to what we now know to be a pretty weak Florida team, that could bump them pretty far. That would be the one and Ohio State might slip in there. Uh, unfortunately, Ohio State's resume is not that good. They haven't played that well. I mean, they crushed Michigan, so that helps them. But other than that, they really haven't played that well. So that and they didn't play anybody. 
<laughs> exactly. That would be splitting hairs. So it is very interesting to see if that happens. Maybe more interesting, however, would be if North Kakalaka beats Clemson. You might. They could get in, maybe. Do you have a scenario like we had five years ago, I think it was, when Alabama and LSU played each other and ended up both going to they didn't have the playoff then, but they ended up playing again in the national championship. So could you see a scenario where because they would only be one loss for Clemson. So could North Carolina and Clemson take up two spots bumping potentially Alabama if Alabama loses? Because you gotta think oh you know there's oh, not so gonna you're be saying one. Clemson, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Iowa, Michigan State winner. Yes, if that's Alabama that's loses, and <clears throat> I mean not if Alabama wins, obviously, but if Alabama loses, and uh, if the North only, Carolina listen, beats Clemson, that, there is a legit shot for that. The only thing I would say, be mindful. Stanford still would have a shot because I know North Carolina would be beating number one, but Stanford beating Notre Dame at six, and then. USC, who we'll see where they're ranked, but they're ranked in the AP at 24. I bet you college football playoff rankings puts them at 24-23. That is going to be another big They have big two win. losses, though. Can you, so here's another question I'll pose to you. Okay. Can you put a two-loss team in ahead of a one-loss team from a major conference? I guess not, but the only reason why you would think about it is their Pac-12 champ and Northwestern's played so good and we'll see where they're ranked. Right now, AP has them at 13. If they have them at 12 or something, you know, around that TCU-Baylor spot, I don't know. I mean, look, Baylor dropped from 7 to third to 12. Maybe they fall further in the eyes of the committee. We'll see. It's going to be fascinating, but what you're saying is that scenario, I don't think they do North Carolina and Clemson. I think somehow, some way, maybe they'd find a way to put Ohio State in there. Mm. I don't I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just wonder. It may, wonder, be, but, it may be that Clemson still, you know, you could make the argument Clemson's been just an elite team this year, and maybe they lose and still go. Well, maybe, and put them down to four, and North Carolina winds yep. up at five. Five. If they beat yep. them, let's say they beat them 31-30. And or maybe they, you know, I don't know where they would rank them, but I, but but see, if you're a North Carolina fan and you beat Clemson, you've got to be ahead of them, right? That's how you say because we beat you and we're eleven and one. This North Carolina team is legit, and that one loss was to South Carolina beginning of the season. It's a bad loss, but they've run the table. So let's be fair, and, and that was you know week one. This team is for real. It's going to be amazing how this plays out, and Clemson just better win. But I got to tell you, just the eye test, best four teams I've seen all season, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Stanford. You are and, high and on Stanford. I'm high on Stanford. Offense, defense, special teams, That their losses to me, Oregon caught them in the right spot, right time. And Vernon Adams and the team were at home. They were explosive and ready. And the Northwestern was 9 a.m. first week of the season. 
and we see Northwestern's the top 10 to 13 team. So to me, Stanford, they went head to head with all these other teams. They handled them and beat them. And if they take care of USC in a good fashion, they've beaten some good teams this year, Stanford. The Pac-12 self-destructed, but they also beat up on each other. So that's how that's how I, Ohio State is. They played good against Michigan. That's it. That's that really it. Is it. Indiana should have beat them. Minnesota had them. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And these are okay teams. They're not great. We got to be fair. No, you're right. You're right. And it opens and up a bag of worms. If we just if we can say this right, Watson's second. Uh, Henry's the Heisman, Watson's second, maybe Baker Mayfield's third, Christian McCafferty's fourth. If they bring a, a fifth kid, maybe it's Ezekiel, I don't know. But I'll tell you, without a doubt. And let me say this, Deshaun Kaiser, I love Malik Zaire, but he might need to transfer. Kaiser Sosa is the, is the guy in Notre Dame. That kid is a stud, right? You know, and you have this phenomenon like you have at like Ohio, have State, Ohio State where Braxton, where Miller, Braxton Miller, the two-time Big Ten Big Offensive Ten Player of the Year, <laughs> his senior year has to play H, you know, H by wide receiver. Yeah, so, that's not happening with Zaire and Kaiser. Yeah, so you might have to transfer. You're right. One of those two might have to transfer because these are your prime years, and you're right. <laughs> Your boy looks really good, Kaiser. And so kudos to Brian Kelly for recruiting both of those guys. Oh, and his composure. Listen, Notre Dame, their two losses were by like two or three plays. And to Stanford and Clemson on the road with a plethora of injuries. They lost their quarterback, their running back, their best defender. I mean, they've lost players throughout the whole season, key players, and still kept winning and had Stanford and had Clemson. They, they hold their heads up high, without a doubt. That team, to me, is going to finish in the top nine to eight teams because some teams will lose. Notre Dame will slide up, and their final ranking will be like seven or eight, and they'll be in the top bowl game, and they deserve it. You'd almost like to see them match up Notre Dame with Michigan just for tradition. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, that'd be nice. Now, some so, people yeah, don't so get we'll into have to this. Watch tomorrow well, night. I was going to say, you and I, we'll be watching because we get into it. We love the other rankings and the other games. Like, you want to see who does Stanford play? Who does the Iowa-Michigan State, you know, loser play in some of these big matchups? Imagine Stanford-Michigan State. I think they played each other a couple of years ago. That'd be awesome. So, that's going to be fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, look, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to tomorrow and also next Tuesday with the final, final rankings. But, oh, um, we got to say, your boy Helton gets a five-year contract for USC, and Les yes. Miles gets, gets the victory. They carry him off, and I guess the boosters and everybody and their mama decided we can't get Jimbo Fisher. So let's, uh, let's keep Les Miles. Yeah, good idea. He's a good coach. Show some respect. Uh, yeah, okay. highest winning percentage in school history, 77% of his games. Yeah. In the toughest in the conference SEC. ever. What do you expect? He's not going to win every season. Goodness, people. And let's, and let's be fair. You're comparing him to his predecessor, and nobody's Nick Saban. Let's just put that on the table. Nobody's yeah. Nick Saban. So, Les Miles is a very good coach. He recruits. He gets pro players. Rick, he runs a decent Georgia program. Got fired. Your boy yeah, got Mark fired. Rick got fired. 
Do you agree with that, though? You know what? The expectations are that Georgia's an elite program, and they were on the verge of it two, three years ago, but haven't been there since. So, you know what? You want to be elite? Mark Rick has not been elite. So, Who are they going to hire, though? I know, but that's the high stakes. That's the high stakes football in the SEC. Better be a name. That's all I'm saying. And Justin Fuentes, my guy Fuentes, went from Memphis to Virginia Tech to replace the legend Frank Beamer. So good, good job there. Let's see who the Terps hire. USC keeps their guy, and we'll see what Georgia does. So great show. Great show. We have some football to watch tonight. Hopefully it'll be a good game. Hopefully the Thursday night game will be a good game. We'll be back with you on Friday with a lot to oh. talk about. So have a and great Ray, sports week. You know what we got this week? We almost forgot. College Hoop fans, the ACC Big Ten Championship. Oh, bring the it. North Carolina plays Maryland. I cannot wait. There's going to be some great games. I forgot who Duke plays, but it starts tomorrow night. Wednesday, I think, Duke. Tomorrow night, North Carolina. I mean, it's just going to be great. ACC Big Ten Challenge. Check it out, and we will talk some college hoops on Friday. I can't wait. Have a good sports week. Have a great week. We'll see you on Friday. Hey.